you know, it's funny when you first contacted me and said uh, that you wanted me to do the anti-humor episode. I, I got to tell you, I was like, fuck you, Don. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Top Fives with Don Sill. I'm your host, Don Sill, and we got another great top five in store for you today. It's the top five anti-comedians. Yeah, anti-comedians. You heard me right. And joining me for this top five is the one and only Andrew Plajanos. Andrew is kind of an anti-comedian himself. Have you ever seen him do Dracula? I want to warn you tonight, before I really get started, I'm going to suck. <laughs> you get it? I'm a fucking vampire. I'm a vampire, you You fucking meatbags. So please, everybody, as always, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and comment, and let us know your top five as well. We're looking forward to hearing it. But without further ado, let's get into this. Me and Andrew Pilgenos talking about the top five anti-comedians. What's up, Andy? Oh, hey. Hey, Don. What's happening, there, man? Good, man. I'm, I'm digging the shirt, but um, we you just gave got this shirt to me. Yeah, that's why I like it so much, I think. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. You're awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. No, no, Andy. You're awesome, pal. Don, shut the fuck up. You're awesome. <laughs> I just need you now to just to turn the camera if you can. Um, you're a little uh, little sideways. But the books are straight. Uh, you're actually, got to be honest, Don, you're actually sideways on mine. So, all right. So, well, I guess it's your show. So, um, maybe we could. All right. All right. Hold on. Let me, let me try to figure this out. This is kind of a new... This is a new setup for me. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, you okay? Hold, hold on. Hold on. Uh, oh. Hey, is that, there. Does that work? Yeah, there we go. Does that work? There we go. Oh, we got that work. That actually, all I did was twirl the thing around. I got to be honest. It just shows you the monkeys that are inside these little machines really. They don't know. They don't even know what the fuck is going the on. The technology of today, of the, the pan, uh, post-pandemic technology, is pretty amazing, Andy. I gotta say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and we've all become super experts at it. Yes, indeed. Like, Ta-da! Here we are, folks. Uh, but Andy, I'm, I'm so glad that you uh, are a part of this episode of the show because um, this is the top fives. And we're doing the top five greatest anti-comedians. And um, the the anti-comedian is uh, an important piece to comedy. And uh, you kind of fit that mold, I think. Mary, Mary. Change that recipe. I don't do dairy. You know, it's funny when you first contacted me and said uh, that you wanted me to do the anti-humor episode. I, I got to tell you, I, I was like, fuck you, Don. Fuck you. I'm trying. All right. But um, but then I you sent me the definition, which, by the way, as I started doing my research and I, and I don't know it's which, which I think is going to be funny is you're going to be running into by doing this. You're going to be running into like different people. Uh, and their interpretations of things, which is, I mean, right. part of it. But it was interesting to do some research on this and and what anti-humor is. And I think, like, I had to internalize and, like, make my own kind of definition and, and understanding of it. Uh, and to be honest, um, I think I, because I often think of it, like, in terms of music, not that I am that musical, but... Um, like the, the anti-comedy or the anti-humor or, or whatever you want to call it is uh, is a note. It's, right. It's, it's a note that we can all play. And I think we all do play at different times. Right. It's just some of us just like dun, 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 over and <laughs> Some over. guys are better at it than others. I, I think with anti-comedy, for those who aren't, I'll give you guys the, the same definition I sent oh, right. to Andy, but first I'll just put it in my terms of how I view anti-comedy and what it is basically and i don't want to name any names yet of any comedians yet because that's we're going to hold that for, for when we go through these but basically anti-comedy is is a com is a comedian who is deliberately bad so bad and so unfunny that it becomes funny and then also and that's not in your case and then also 
And then Thanks. also, thank you for making that clear. Could, could you edit in like a disclaimer at the beginning? Yeah. No, and then also, I think that anti comedy is also. Um, for other, there's different levels of anti-comedy also. Some of them are when they make such a mockery of the very craft that they're performing. So it's a weird thing that they're performing a craft that they love and that they respect, but yet they're making a mockery of it at the same time. And, right. and then um, the other kind of uh, anti-comedy would also be to uh, perform in different characters and uh, as I if, was totally going to get it. I have, right. I have a ton of notes on, on that, but yeah. yeah. And, and that's where you kind of fall under because I think that you do a fantastic job. First, you do some straight stand up too, but I, 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 the very first time I ever met you, I told you this. I love the Dracula stand up that you do. You see the size of these fucking receipts? They're huge. Right? Yeah. Last time I saw something that long, I was sticking the heads of my enemies on the end of them. <laughs> ah, not history <laughs> And I, I just think it, it's got a, a lot of really strong stuff to it. And I think if you keep pushing, putting gas in that car and keep driving the Dracula wagon, I, I think you could really make that thing something, man. I, I love that the Dracula. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and that's that's where I like that's where I started understanding when I started seeing a lot of these guys that I was kind of running into. There are these characters, and and it's funny because my I've told you my Dracula was started out as a love note to other comedians, that to take tired premises that we all were sick of and just make them vampire jokes, right? Like yeah. shitty vampire <laughs> yeah. jokes. What makes a good anti-humor or anti-comedy comedian and a bad one is commitment to it, because I yes. think some people will just do it to past jokes that are crap and they're just trying to like hey which is hilarious because that's also most comedians <laughs> but, but i think they, that comes through too it, I, I think the audience could could sniff out whether or not it's it's uh legitimate or not like you know what i mean um I, I, it's a very hard song to play when it's just the one note so the people who are really good at it are amazing at it and the people who are just even slightly not good at it are fucking terrible. <laughs> so, and, and that's what made this 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 particular top five difficult to come up with. Yes, because there's so few that do it well. There's um, you know, and, and there's only so many that actually dare to do it uh, deliberately. There might be a guy who's you know continuously uh, just has bad material, <laughs> but then says, "Hey, no, no, well, I'm an anti-comic." Well, that was some of what, like, what I was finding was like um, whether it was considered like, because even the term anti-humor, anti-comedy was like there are people that really don't like it, and we're gonna. I want to get to the names here in a second because we're, yeah. we're we're not being able to have as robust of a conversation. Right. But uh, people don't even like it, and it, it, it sometimes is used by people who are unfunny, and they recognize, they understand, they are unfunny which is kind of a, a, a pretty cool level of self-awareness, except stop. <laughs> yeah, well, you they, they want to be edgy. Everybody wants to be, you know, uh, they think that they have it in them somewhere that they, they if they're right. not funny, they're going to be edgy. Uh, but but hey, man, right. go, to, go to like a beat poetry class or something if you want to do that. Don't do that on and try to uh, on a stand-up stage, you know? Exactly. Or just stay at Mike's. Yeah. Just, <laughs> don't, don't, you know what? Don't, don't bring people. <laughs> and, and anybody out there, I'm speaking to you, America, uh, internet world. Um, if you have a friend who's not that funny and they ask you to come to a show, don't go, please, please. But anyway, I digress. Now, before we get into this, let me read the definition. Anti-humor is a type of indirect and alternate humor that involves the joke teller delivering something that is intentionally not funny or lacking intrinsic meaning. The practice raises the expectation on the part of the audience of sometimes humorous. And then when it does not happen, the irony itself becomes the comedic value. Anti-humor is also the basis of various types of pranks and hoaxes. So that's pretty much it. And as we get into this and we start going over the comedians, if you don't, if you don't understand what it is, you'll start to catch on when we go get into the comics. Well, and we should go to the whale first. We should absolutely do because 
all things come from Mr. Andy Kaufman. Yes, indeed. Uh, like, and as Long Islanders uh, and growing up with comedy, Andy Kaufman was always, and it's funny when you were little and you weren't exposed to everything that he did, um, it was like, oh, Latka, that's so cool. I am Steph Martin, and I am the, uh, uh, the wild and crazy man. <laughs> Ooh, I am the crazy man. And we all had our latkes. Thank yeah. you very much, especially yeah. if you are a weird kid who goes to school. You tend to talk like a latka sometimes to get out of rough situations. I'm sorry, Alex. You know, you <laughs> that was a right. good one. Thank you very much. <laughs> but then, you know, you get older and you see like the wrestling thing. Because I'm going to send you back to the kitchen where you belong. I'm going to have you scrubbing the potatoes and washing the, washing the carrots. Because that's where you belong, ladies. He did, uh, and this is before the movie. Like, this is before you get to the biopic. Like, like discovering oh. all of these things uh, was amazing. Like, he really was... And, and, and it, here's where it gets difficult because I don't think he was trying to be intentionally unfunny. I think he was, and this is like we were saying that the definition gets very wonky right. here. I think he really thought what he did was hilarious. I don't know. Him. Yeah, to him, to him. Cause I right. think with, with, with him, I think, first of all, he's the godfather of anti-humor in my opinion. Absolutely. He, to me, he created this genre. I don't really know if there was many before him um, you, you could argue, perhaps, that there might be one or two, but he's what the, the stuff Andrew Andy Kaufman created is what a lot of people who are doing this emulate. Uh, well, all, at the I, end of the day, before TV and before that type of TV that was happening at the time between talk shows and, and talk shows had to be around for a while for something to bubble up like him on a talk show and and for him to do what he did on Taxi. And, and uh, you know, you start getting into, I don't know, is Tony Clifton going to be a separate entry on this? I wanted to know if we should or not, because uh, they're both the same guy. Tony Clifton uh, is, a, is a character of Andy Kaufman who personifies anti-comedy. Let me tell you something. It was so uh, cold there. How cold was, was it? I don't ask you. I didn't ask you. Can we start this again? I, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. Um, in fact, because another anti-comedy characteristic is making the audience very uncomfortable because yeah. it's unpredictable too. You don't know what's going to happen next. And, <laughs> and I think with Tony Clifton, you get that. I thought of something funny. What if, what if they put air conditioning in the building instead? You know, that'll be cold, colder. But um, I got to tell you, man, uh, when I was a kid, Andy Kaufman was, uh, all, you know, uh, you know, um, I'm going to be 50 this year. So I've seen, uh, I remember Andy um, and I, I'm guilty of this. I hated him. I didn't think he was funny. Now in, in my adult years, I appreciate what he did. Like, as like, but when I was young kid, he had a thing on Saturday Night Live where he's like, if you don't like me, you could call this 800 number right now. And tell me no, and I called it like 50 times to say no. Now, if you never want to see Andy Kaufman on this show, dial 1-900-720-4202. By the way, that is probably my favorite bit that he ever did. Yeah. Because, like any, well, anytime he acted like, like a tough guy, because I don't know, like in a way, like, like, like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a full five years younger than you, Don. Uh, but like for me, anytime I saw Andy Kaufman, I really saw somebody who like, like for, I was a weird kid. And like, here was somebody who was like doing that. And so anytime he went over to the top, like with the wrestling stuff that right, I found yeah, later yeah. on, because I didn't, I, um, like when he would be on David Letterman and he would be a total jerk. To Letterman. <laughs> like it was just so great. Because like, you know, he was, I knew he was like me. I knew it. 
Yeah. And I knew that he was doing this great act that like, I'm like, <laughs> they, and they know that he's putting the act on. So right. I don't know, it was brilliant. He really was brilliant. It, yeah. it, it, he doesn't, it doesn't get better than him. He is number one, like in this He's format. He's probably the, gr the GOAT, the greatest of all time when it comes to this. If not number work. one and two. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not number one <laughs> That's the brilliance of it. He could potentially be one and two. The the thing with, with Andy Here is- Here I um, come to save, save the, the day. day. <laughs> when I got older, after, in fact, it was after he died. Uh, I think it was in the 80s. I think I forget what year he died. Yep. But uh, he, um, that's when I kind of rediscovered him and started to appreciate him. And it's also the time I was really in, gotten full bore into stand-up comedy and as art form and really started kind of studying it and stuff. And I was like, really got into Andy Kaufman and started to understand everything he did and, and the balls it took to do what he did because he challenged right. the audience. He loved, the, to, to, the joke was always on the audience. I'd make like, I thought they were laughing with me when really they were laughing yeah. at me and the whole thing would... You actually went out to deceive in a way. Yeah, so they would all get embarrassed. Yeah. And then... And then That's an interesting point of view to embarrass the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, I don't know who he was just performing for him to, for himself. Cause he was making the audience perform for him. Yeah. That's what it was like, like, like he set the stage, but they are the ones who have to then that. And that's what I like artistic, like in an art from an artistic perspective, that was the genius of Andy Kaufman was uh, my, my favorite Andy Kaufman story. They did it in the movie. Uh, Cause I remember had, having read about it, but then seeing what it probably would have been like was when he went to that college to do stand-up yeah. and some kids in the back are like Dulaka, yeah. Dulaka. and he's like he got all pissed off and he sat down and he started reading the great gatsby he read the whole thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had the balls to do that it's called the uh, great gatsby it's by escort fitzgerald <laughs> and uh, here it is chapter one <clears throat> What's like the the, the, the doing the vampire thing? Um, to me, a, a friend of mine when I first started doing it, he goes, um, "You should get up there and be all the monsters. Do do all the monsters." <laughs> Said, uh, "Be Frankenstein," and I'm like, "Right, but see, I would want to do something Andy Kaufman would do, which is to go up as Frankenstein's monster and just go, <laughs> for like my full seven minutes. But I don't have the balls to do that." He should, man. That's hilarious. Oh, I, dude. I, want, I, I still want to. It's still there. I may do it at some point in the future, but with comedy just opening up, I don't want to fuck anything up. For like, so. I'd be like, what the hell is this guy doing? That guy shows up and just shouts. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on. So now, so how it goes, you throw one out, then I throw one out. And, and so we both agree, Andy Kaufman, he, he's on the list. And, and I think you need to put Tony Clifton in there with him, like just because like, <laughs> it's part of the package. Yeah, so. I'll probably have, yeah, we'll, we'll see how how the list pans out. Maybe I'll just put them both together as as a duo, uh, two split personalities. Yeah, we need duo. some filler later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, mine, uh, First pick I'll throw out there is uh, Neil Hamburger. Neil Hamburger, so, yes. Neil Hamburger is like, this, go ahead. he kind of looks like a uh, an old school kind of um, comedian. He's wearing a tuxedo. He's got his hair all slicked over and a bad comb over. And it's, uh, like a, it's like an annoying Tony Clifton. Yeah, he looks kind of like a Tony Clifton. Like a he looks like he could be related to Tony Clifton. How many Scientologists does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Well, it depends on whether or not they've been cleared of their engrams. Right. Yeah, like this, this kind of sleazy nightclub looking guy. And he comes out and he tells these uh, weird one-liners. And uh, the, some of them are dark. Some of them don't make any sense. And some of them are hilarious. But once you click in, once you get on board and, and he wins you over and you start really buying into his stuff, he, uh, he's hilarious. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, my take on, on Neil Hamburger. He's been around for a while um, and uh, he even has a, a couple comedy albums out. Um, and, you know, 
He's just a all-around perfect anti-comedian. Yeah. No, we're not. This isn't funny. This is serious. Sometimes a set list will have something serious, like when the comedian has leukemia or something like that. Well, that's he, he was one of the ones that I'd never heard of before. When you contact me, I started Googling, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's, it's so funny because you if you Google anti-comedy or anti-humor, what comes up are shitty jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I had to get really specific, right, and right. I ended up. I, I, my entrance was through this. It, it was a top five that that, that somebody had come up with, and he was on there. And uh, so I watched a few of his clips, and I'm like, see that he's he's got such. It's a commitment, and that's part of what what I was saying earlier is like his commitment is so like you do to me maybe and maybe it's because i'm looking at it through a performer's eye that he makes you just eventually believe right because isn't there's like stages of like like what the fuck is this guy doing <laughs> yeah. number one <laughs> first of all number out, two yeah. was like number two is like that wasn't even a funny joke <laughs> <laughs> exactly Number three is like, oh, oh, that wasn't a funny joke either, but I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah no, that was terrible also. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Oh my God, this is fucking hilarious. For me, that's, I, and I know it's not for everybody. This is definitely not. No, the, those are the kind of the uh, stages. Yeah, it's like, who the, who the fuck is this? For me, it goes, who the fuck is this guy? Look at him. He look, and then, and then, uh, um, who booked him? <laughs> How did he get on? Like if he's on TV? <laughs> How did he get on TV? And then it goes. I used to call that person. They'll book anybody. <laughs> and then you go, wow, the jokes are really bad. Then the second joke is bad, but the audience is laughing because there's other people that might already hadn't experienced him and know what he's is. Right, and, and there's then, that room thing when you're in the room. Right, when you're yeah. in the room, then you start to feel it, and then you start to appreciate the anti-humor right. that ex exudes. So to me, uh, Neil Hamburger. Uh, is on that list. I, I feel like we're going to end up like really agreeing on a lot of this because there's really not a lot. And that's what I was alluding to before is that there are not a lot that do this really well. Right. And you could consider is the bulk of their work. Um, because I, one of the things that I have is one of my notes here. It's anti-humor uh, is really close to surrealistic humor. Right, yeah. So, so I, I think some people are, want to be referred to not as anti-comedy, and some people are gonna, they don't want labels. And usually people I think who are in the surrealistic lane don't want any kind of label. Don't say anything about me. Just you laugh or you don't laugh, shut your mouth, don't say anything about me. Right, they, or they look at themselves as alternative, alternative comedy, or you know, uh, progressive, or it, th those right. types of words that they'll call themselves. But just you know, to, for a blanket, you know, anti-comedy is what I always refer to it as. For mine, for my next one, I'm actually going to make sure that somebody doesn't make the list. Okay, <laughs> because I, I did a lot of research on this because a lot of people will say Norm Macdonald. I understand why they do it, but to me, this is just a note, like like in, in my analogy, it's a note that he'll play. He might even be playing it in that key. Right. <laughs> so, but generally speaking, he is not. And, and I actually ended up on a Reddit, down a Reddit hole, and um, somebody put, strung together all of his tweets about anti-comedy. And he hates the term he hates being identified as it. Uh, he, they're, they're just, he, he was like, he just went on. I mean, it must have been 50 yeah. uh, tweets. I, I wasn't gonna talk about the coronavirus. <laughs> but on the way here, I got really ill. I've seen Norm Macdonald on some of the lists of anti-comics and stuff like that. I, I don't, re I don't review, see him that way. I don't regard him in, in that, that light. Just because he, to me, he's legit funny. Yeah, he's got his own style, and that's right. what makes him 
great. I think he's one of the, the greatest comedians of our you know time, you know, like of our generation of our, the living right. today. He's under he's unsung and underrated in a lot of ways too. But I don't see him as as anti humor. So San Francisco, man, what else? What else is San Francisco famous for? Oh, guys sucking and fucking each other. <laughs> I think a lot of times he'll, you know, he'll mumble and he might say something, but I think he, he's a normal kind of set up punch premise comedian. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's like to me, uh, where did I write this? So the unexpected versus the intentionally bad, right? So the unexpected, and I think this is where he ends up getting this that 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 kind of uh, attention is um i think sometimes that brilliance of somebody who is really smart because i was something else as I, I was saying is that it really is smart smart and thoughtful it yeah. has to be otherwise it's not going to work and i think what ends up happening is he goes to something that is really obvious after he says it right 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 you know like like and, and it's he, Norm McDonald, every Norm McDonald joke, I end up being like, God damn, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, a friend of mine said to me, he said, Norm, you know, the, the worst thing about it is the uh, hypocrisy. And uh, I said, I don't think that's the worst part. <laughs> worst part, the raping. He's brilliant, man. But you got to. Right, exactly. It's right in your face. He sees the Matrix in a way, you know? Right, right, and, right. and so I think that's what ends up, because like the Bob Saget roast is one of my favorite things that he did where he just like did a bunch of bird jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just joking him. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. Whatever <laughs> it was. That's probably, it's those type of things where he gets that anti-humor label. Right. But I think as a whole encompassing, uh, uh, you know, he's on, the, he's on the cusp. Like I think he teeters on right. uh, anti-comedy, but there's a reason why he hates that label. It's because he's, he, he knows that he's not that. Right. He puts all that work into it. And you know, like that's how you know, like somebody put a lot of work into their stuff, but. Yeah, I wanted to make sure he did not make the list and that we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it he just could have been that we didn't talk about that. He definitely deserves a mention because like you said, he's if you if anyone Googles this, he, he comes up on a lot of lists. Right. Um, but um, but I'm going to keep it moving. I don't think this guy's been on any, any of the, the lists that are out there. But he's, to me, uh, um, one of the quintessential anti-comedians that uh, we could definitely talk about. He's one of the greats. I love him. He only did stand up briefly in his career before moving on to his superstardom. And this is Steve Martin. Oh God, that's my hero. He's my hero. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Steve, Steve Martin, um, if, if you know, you know, uh, brilliant man, very smart, uh, extremely yeah. smart. And I think he, when he was in college, he did a study about sense of humor and what makes people laugh. So he created he created this character of absurd jokes and absurdity, and um, and uh, went out and became a com comedic rock star, selling yeah. out venues. He like was the crazy. first arena guy. He he first, the arena first arena guy. guy, and he did it like wild and crazy. Guy. Yeah, he had an arrow. arrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can do all of the moves. Yes. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. My yes. the perfect, the perfect Steve Martin joke is the plumber joke. I was just gonna say I love the plumber the joke. This lawn supervisor was out on a sprinkler maintenance job, <laughs> and he started working on a Finlay sprinkler head with a Langstrom seven-inch gangly wrench. Plumber joke is the most single most genius thing ever, and it is. I think it would fall under this anti-comedy. And it's funny because it breaks every rule. It's even its own rules that it makes. Yes. As it's going, but it still ends up working and working so great. And he reads to him and says, the Langstrom seven inch wrench can be used with a Finley sprocket. Just then the little apprentice leaned over and says, 
It says sprocket, not socket. <laughs> From the plumber joke to other things he's done, you know, like uh, he's performed for dogs. You know, he had like a little dog audience. He also, I believe, uh, before Andy Kaufman, he took the, he took the audience out to uh, get milk and cookies or something like that too. Right. At one point. Um, but but Steve Martin doing balloon animals uh, on stage has the arrow through the head, the bunny ears, the whole thing, playing the banjo, the, tu the white tuxedo, everything ab about him, people didn't even realize it. But the whole time right. he was he was basically, in a sense, and it, it, it's a negative word, but it, it's not. But he was making a mockery of the of stand up but while doing stand-up and it was right. it, I, you know it's it's amazing I, I steve martin's one of my favorites of all time too um especially that era of him uh the yes. wild and crazy guy era is when i started to fall in love with stand-up comedy and he is one of the guys etched in my brain forever now in order for me to do this you have to close your eyes just for about three seconds and then open them again and you will see right before you the incredible shrinking man so everyone close your eyes i'll tell you when to open them okay open them um you know yeah. um <laughs> just a uh, fantastic uh hilarious uh comic and, and he's your hero huh yeah absolutely i would uh, i would say in terms of like somebody who influences what I want to do, and not necessarily in the nitty gritty. Like I know I can't do exactly what he does. So I am just, that's why, and that's why I say hero. I'm not trying to necessarily directly emulate him. I'm trying to emulate um, kind of the, the, the smart, like trying to be smart, like trying to outthink myself on my own comedy. Uh, to, and, and that's why like plum, the plumber joke like, I mean, just starting it the way that he starts it by saying, comedians really aren't supposed to cater to the audience. <laughs> it is so great. And I'm sure you're going are you, I imagine you're going to put it, will, it in. It will definitely be in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's like, I, every time I hear it, I cry. It's still and funny. It is, and, and I, <laughs> it's the joke. You know, like I'm not somebody like I was never like into like music, but I had like a lot of friends who were and people go, oh, dude, you got to hear this. Like, you know, Pearl Jam. Somebody gave me their um, their demo like months before uh, 10 came out. And like, here, man, like this came from the West Coast. You got to check this out. And like, OK, cool. And I was never the guy giving out tapes and being like, oh, I think you would really like this. Right, right. But comedy. I'm like, you have got to hear this joke. Yeah, exactly. And I'll play it for people. And they're like, how do I, how did I never hear this before? <laughs> this is fucking genius. <laughs> and you have, you do have uh, uh, the whole recipe. Cause, Cause you do play guitar. You are instrumental. You do characters. You have multi-talents. You could juggle, you could do all that stuff. You, you could. What did the leper say to the hooker? He said, keep the tip. <laughs> uh, you know, definitely do a similar take on, on and make it your own of what Martin did. Yeah, and that's that's what I, I totally struggle with that. And that's actually what's been good about the quarantine and kind of doing these Zoom things and whatnot is because it's given me an opportunity to uh, be at home and so be very comfortable in uh, kind of presenting some of that stuff, so. All right, now it's your turn. What's your next one? All right, because, and I'm not going to go super contemporary because there, there are a bunch in, in case we need uh, fillers, but there's duos, right? And to me, Tim and Eric <laughs> are, are really nailing it. But Tim and Eric, like everything they do, I, I actually just saw earlier, um, they did a cooking show and like it's just like and, and they what i love about them is they actually get me like angry at some point in the sketch was it something important no i was, I was eating some fucking shrimp on tim's internet show and this is looking good compared to what i had 
where I'm like, right. And for me, I'm like, because I'm always like, I'm trying to think like, what's the next thing that's gonna happen? Right. And I'm like, right, right. You already did this. You already did this. Gets, but they, but then they hang in there. That's, <laughs> that's what the Family Guy does a lot too. When it goes on too long, like if he's with his knee, ah, like, oh, <laughs> then <that's, laughs> yeah, and then you're like, all right, it's it's going on too long. But then it goes on even longer, where it becomes funny, and that is kind of anti-comedy right there oh no that's what i'm saying it's a note that's played every like because you're not you laughing cannot. at him yeah you're not laughing you're, you're no longer laughing they hurt his knee you're laughing because it's not stopping and that's what <laughs> that's what you're laughing at. now you're laughing about how long is this gonna go on for well one of the things i because as i was thinking about this and the notes that i took what i, I said to myself is like more comedians and anyway more long island comedians because they're the ones that i'm really exposed to more of these guys need to do this because I feel like if you're at a mic, what ends up happening is it's when somebody screws up a joke that they've been doing forever, and then they just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm just gonna say the punchline anyway. And it's like, oh my god, this is hilarious! If you could do this, <laughs> yeah, right, when exactly. When you're actually doing your set, it'd be hilarious because you can't just be like in people's faces the entire time. It's like a minor note, you know, like it's something that takes the edge off of everything. Right. Uh, but yeah, the hanging in there and be so Tim and Eric, like all of the stuff that they've done for Cartoon Network has been phenomenal. Um, like this too, almost too much to list. Yeah, those guys are hilarious. They they uh, I think they even have a YouTube show or they did, and I know they're on, you know, on Cartoon Network and, and they've just been they've been at it for a while. Yeah. I'd say uh, maybe ten to fifteen years, right? Or so he's oh easy. Fifteen is definitely on the I think that's that's much more the but Cool. And um, all right, so we got those guys on the list. So far, just to recap, we have Andy Kaufman, Neil Hamburger, um, Steve Martin, and uh, Tim and Eric. Absolutely. So, so those are our four for now. And with Kaufman also comes Tony Clifton for now. Um, I'll go to my next guy. So. This next guy is, is um, to me, also personifies anti-comedy in a sense, and that is uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh my God, I, oh my God, that's my next one. Oh. I, held, I told you, we're gonna be, we're yeah, totally yeah. gonna be fucking agreeing on all these. I love Zach Galifianakis on a level like that I, I Honestly, this is the male sex. I would totally have the male on male sex with Zach Alphanakis because we're both Greek. We're we're both kind of a little heavy. Um, <laughs> both got mustaches. Mustaches. Yes. Why are you doing that? I hate that. I hate it. That rock. He, and that's my my story about Zach Alphanakis. Is I saw him out in Sag Harbor. Um, before The Hangover, uh, like a couple of years before The Hangover. And um, it, it, it was just, he was phenomenal. It was like a, a Live at the Purple Onion. It was, yeah, it was yeah. still that same show. It was after that, but before The Hangover. And um, he, uh, at the end of his shows, he'll talk to the audience. And um, so he sees me, our eyes meet. And my wife will even tell you, we were kind of dressed the same, not in exactly the same outfits, but like the style of dress right. was absolutely like, because he looked at me like, uh. is that me up there? <laughs> and so he starts walking and we had shitty seats, right? So we're up, we're kind of up, it's a small theater though. So he's walking up, walking up, walking up. And my wife's like, holy shit, he's coming up here. He stops just to say something to somebody. Turns out they're, they're a yacht captain <laughs> and he, totally just ends up talking to the dude and and whatnot and, and then gets invited out on the boat and, and you, so, like, you don't stand the chance of it. yeah yeah you can't compete with a oh, yacht captain and out, out five east. rows five rows if we were five rows forward he would have come over and talked to me before he talked to the cap boat captain but whatever but he is phenomenal yes yeah uh zach galifianakis is his stand-up comedy um is is brilliant um he does a lot of off-kilter things he is unpredictable if you do watch um the the uh, uh was it live at the purple onion 
Um, you'll see a, a lot of it. I mean, he does everything from laying down on the stage for a while to interacting with the crowd. He like goes out there and walks amongst them. He also gets on the piano and does some of his famous bits. Like, like, um, yes. Like, uh, I always thought the amazing race was a show about white people. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm writing, I'm writing a, uh, a sequel to Schindler's List. It's called Schindler's List 2, Electric Boogaloo. He was the first one that used that, did that joke. I've now heard it a million times. Everybody but... tags Electric Boogaloo. He did it first. Right. Because, uh, I mean, this is like, uh, we are talking early 2000s. Like, it's got to be around 2002, 2003. Yeah, because uh, Angle broke in like 07, maybe. Yeah. Comedians of Comedy. That was a there was a series. I don't even yeah. know what channel it was on. I caught it like on I think it was on HBO like, or something. Was it? It's because I got it like on a, a YouTube or something crazy like that. But um he comes out as like Thomas Jefferson once. Thank you, thank you. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be Heather. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and does like a whole like late 18th century or uh late uh, 17th century um like, get, yeah, like yeah. and he doesn't get out of character he's in there right? he's locked in yeah you ever been in these stagecoach taxis of these ta uh, these stagecoach taxis man do those guys smell bad i'm like is that you or the horse he's all hear ye hear ye hear ye <laughs> or when he went on on uh jimmy kimmel or one of those shows maybe it was letterman he uh he went on with a, a, a doo-wop group that was out street performing. Yes. And he took the street performers onto the stage with them and, and onto the uh, set of like David Letterman or something like that. Well, that, that was the comedians of comedy. He, I think they did, because that it was a documentary, the, the part where he goes and finds them <laughs> is on there. And he just hears these guys singing and he stops and he's like, hey, you want to go do a show with me? <laughs> <laughs> Like, and I don't have, and that's another one. Like, I don't have the balls to just like go up to somebody and be like, I could put you in my, could I, could I put you in my act for a few minutes? Yeah, if I had a David Letterman spot, I don't know if I, you know, right. I'd, be, I'd be worried about getting in trouble and all that stuff. But these guys, these are the kind of guys that have built differently and, and yes. aren't afraid of getting in trouble, you know? Why is it that women can say things like, my girlfriend and I are going to brunch and no one assumes anything? But as soon as I say something like, my boyfriend and I are gonna go shop for fanny packs. Everyone thinks I'm a gay. That's right, a gay. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, no, he's, Zach Galifianakis, I'm like, I, I, he was, he's my one-off. I, I had another one that, but he kind of fits a, a different, again, a sketch guy because uh, but I think Zach Galifianakis has more credibility because he was doing his stand-up. When you're standing out there alone like that, and you like are committed to it, um, there's nothing. I mean, it's the you know every every meme of like you know the the storm whispered to me, I'm coming, and I whispered back. Um, uh, I'm gonna finger you. I don't know, like, <laughs> you have, like those like inspirational, like the the little girl uh, statue that they put in front of the bull, right? Yeah, in yeah. the city that for a while there, which I'm like, from an artistic standpoint, I'm like, that guy with the bull, he didn't know you were gonna do that. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have made the thing like that. Exactly, Take the little girl out of the thing. Yeah, they're but, trying um, to make a statement. Yeah, yeah, but so, uh, I want to combine the NAACP with Mother's Gates Drug Driving. It's called Mother's Against the Advancement of Colored People. So uh, moving along here, what, what's your, your next pick? Well, I think uh, I'm good at counting my degrees in math, but uh, I'll say my next one would have been uh, Eric Andre. Eric Andre, yes, yes. 
To no, me, Eric Andre definitely, definitely fits anti Yes, big time. Uh, what's the most high you've ever been in public, you think, my man? What do you think, my man? Oh, shit, hold on, my man. What's the most high you've ever been in public, my man? What's the most high you've ever been in public? What you Just talk to me, my man. Jesus Christ. Guy came out of nowhere. But to me, like, and like I had mentioned, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, uh, Tim and Eric, uh, Eric Andre, they all kind of live in that same kind of space. Uh, Eric Andre yeah. does do stand up, though. So so he, he, he fits, even though his stand up, he doesn't get as nuts as he does like when he had his own talk show. Okay. Or he also goes on Howard Stern too, doesn't he? Eric Andre? He probably does. I haven't since he since Howard, you know, went to over the series. I really I don't get to ch check him out as much as I would like to. I love Howard Stern, right. but um, but yeah, Eric Andre, uh, to me, when he had that talk show, and he did some yeah. crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> uh, the I, best is when he showed Ti his, his uh, penis, and Ti got up and ran out. <laughs> Because he wasn't expecting to see. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> the bear in the studio. Like, if you're going to show one thing about Eric Andre, it's the bear in the studio. Because you actually do see on his face the moment where he's like, I might have fucking went too far. <laughs> For my own personal safety, I might have gone too far now. He also, wasn't there an episode two? I think he had uh, who, uh, Jessica Simpson or somebody like that. And he had a, like a pile of dog shit like uh, by her feet that she didn't know about right away. <laughs> and then she like smelled it and everything. And then <laughs> she looks down. She's like, they think they're in a real talk show. And right. they're really just, it's get Oh, the one where he had the uh, under his desk. So his desk flipped off, uh, flipped over. Yes. And then he's got two little people sitting under there <laughs> dressed exactly like him. <laughs> And exactly like the guest. <laughs> Freaking jacked up. So, Jillian. Well, that was, it was brilliant because he really took like, uh, and, and a lot of these things are like, uh, are they making fun of the form that they're like, that they are? And, and the talk show, like he took every talk show trope and completely turned it on its on its ass. Like the with the the girl that was the reoccurring character who was uh, Hannibal Burris's baby mama. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The white, yeah, okay. the fat white. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like interrupting his own show with just the <laughs> stupid shit. Uh, hey. Cheating on me, big boy? Hell no! Nah, I And it was unpredictable. Yeah. You never knew it was going to happen. I think it went off the air just because he probably couldn't get any more guests. Because, you know, probably. yeah, because um, there was a sense of ambush to it as well, where these people don't know what they're getting into. But but even Eric right. Andre, um, his, uh, his comedy, his stand-up is edgy. But I don't know if it's. Uh, I have to. Would have to revisit it all if it definitely it falls under uh, anti-com. But he's definitely an anti-comedian. This asshole is taking more drugs than he can handle, and now his heart will do a Slipknot drum solo. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, no, he. That whole show was the Eric Andre show was an anti-comedy uh, show. Yeah, more so than I think than Tim and Eric too. I think his was way more more out there with with kind of. I Tim think so, and, but but that ends up being kind of the the, the the difficult thing here. And like I said, with the uh, unexpected versus versus intentionally bad, and like, what are you being intentionally bad at? Um, and that's why I would put Tim and Eric higher is because they're within their genre, within comedy breaking comedy rules um with the, the shout out by the way um uh to me the anti-comedy 
one of the greatest sketches ever was Monty Python. Uh, oh, the yeah. Cheese, the cheese sketch. Yes, yes, great. With the cheese shop. Brilliant. And there's a guy playing the bazooki as soon as John Cleese walks in. And he goes up <laughs> and they, they have no cheese. No, my good man, some cheese, please. Yes, certainly, sir. What would you like? Well, uh, how about a little Red Lester? I'm afraid we're fresh out of Red Lester's and never mind. Because the rule of comedy, uh, particularly for sketches and for uh, like improv, is yes. You yes, always have to go like, with it. You always have to go along. Build. You're always building. You can't take away. If you take away, then then the audience loses. Uh, but what they did was they made that the bit. Like no was no became the game. And uh, <laughs> to, to me, that is always whenever I think of this sort of humor, the cheese shop gets this honorable mention because I mean, obviously they did like everything else. Oh yeah, but, those guys. Uh, the were, cheese shop. I'm right. I, I think anybody who's who's probably into uh, anti comedy probably loves the cheese shop. Mm, no, it's not much of a cheese shop, really, is it? All right, so I think we're, we're getting close here with this top five list. I got I got one more I'll throw out there, and if you have any more, by all means. Um, but my next guy here is uh, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. I I think Gilbert uh, fits fits because um, his style and his one-liners. You never know where they're going, and his cadence and his voice and, and everything about him is often lends itself to the punchline more so than the actual punchline. Yeah, yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. And uh, again, right. they created the term too soon because of him, because of what he did right, right after 9 11, he goes on a roast. And he tells a nine, the, the first 9-11 joke. I have to catch a flight to California. I can't get a direct flight. They said they have to stop at the Empire State Building first. And you hear somebody in the audience yell, too soon. <laughs> and from there on, that phrase, too soon, <laughs> has gone on. And uh, he's been attached to it ever since. Making fun of um, the tsunami that hit Japan. All those yeah. years, killed a lot of people. He that was a great, first of all, that was a great joke. First of all, that was a great joke. But, well, his, yeah. his, when his good friend, um, uh, when what's his name? Uh, he just he passed away a couple years ago. The father from Growing Pains. Um, what's his name? Alan Thick. Alan Thick. So when Alan Thick passed, Alan Thick passed away, and uh, um, Godfrey Gilbert Godfrey wrote on his Twitter, he's like, um, you know, a deep, meaningful like post. He wrote, "I'm really sorry, my good friend Alan Thick passed away," and I just wrote, "Too soon." <laughs> just because just because he's notorious for making fun of people that, that just died. <laughs> he um my the, the single moment where like to me Gilbert it goes back to the best roast of all time is the Bob Saget roast. Uh it, it, from from beginning to end, it is a murderer's row of great comedians, smart comedians. Like it's like there's no dip. There's, right, there's no and, and yeah. Stylistically, they're all over the place, but they're all at the top or near the top of their genre. And Gilbert Godfrey gets up there for Bob Saget's pose. Do you remember what he did? He goes, Bob Saget did not rape and murder a 16-year-old girl in 1991. Bob Saget, and he yells it like three or four times over and over again. Well, first of all, it's not true. It's not true that Bob Saget raped and killed a girl in 1990. And the end he goes, and so stop talking about it. And if you have any information, call the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that when it Genius. felt like the first airing and being like, <laughs> I'm laughing about this rape and murder of a 16-year-old uh, girl. He's <laughs> uh, like a genius. Gilbert Godfrey's another big hero, though, like, like just in terms of, of just his fun. Like, he doesn't, to me, I've never seen him go down. 
Though I've heard stories that he will go out and just say the nastiest, nastiest stuff to try to get the audience to turn on him. He finds out his wife's been in a bad car accident. He rushes to the hospital. A doctor said, look, I've got bad news. It was a very bad accident. Your wife will be crippled from the neck down. You'll have to feed her. You'll have to bathe her. You'll have to clear her out every passage. You're gonna have to change her because she has no control over her bladder or bowels. And the man starts crying hysterically, going, this is horrible. And the doctor says, I'm just f***ing with you. She's dead. Yeah, it's uh, like the whole aristocrats. Amazing. Yeah, that whole aristocrats sensibilities where he just wants to tell the nastiest, dirtiest stuff and then go, the aristocrats. And then, you know, and then the, the <laughs> audience will, will laugh. So, um, yeah, uh, Gilbert to me is uh, also an unsung. Everybody knows him. He's extremely famous and, and uh, all that, but I still think he's unsung for his craft. I don't think people really understand how yes. brilliant so he is and smart and hilarious yeah. and that um you know he, he's he's right there so um as an anti-comedian uh a guy walks into a bar joan rivers is the bartender he sees a sign over the bar that reads cheese sandwich a dollar fifty hand job ten dollars he says to joan rivers are you the one that gives the hand jobs Joan says, yes, I am. He says, well, wash your hands, bitch. I want a cheese sandwich. So now, do you have any more? Or do you want to start narrowing this? No, list that's down? not like, I, I, cause to me, once I started, like I have Gil, I do have Gilbert written down. And and I have the, the Bob Saget roast written down because Gilbert, um, like the old, his old appearances on Howard and just, now having done comedy for a few years and running into a bunch of people who have done shows with Gilbert who have opened for Gilbert or uh, uh, he like he's like he's a, that reclusive genius um, and and I, I do agree that in terms of anti-humor and I would almost want to take Eric Andre off because I'm not I don't think his stand-up does it and, and I'm more of a stand-up uh, attention to yeah, uh, same here. All right, so so our list right now, Andy Plajanos, we have currently on the list. I'm gonna, there's more than five on here. We'll narrow it down. So we have Andy Kaufman, Steve Martin, Neil Hamburger, Zach Galifianakis, Tim and Eric, Eric Andre, Gilbert Godfrey. Okay, so I think that's all of them. So now we both agree. Andy Kaufman, he's a no-brainer, right? Andy Kaufman. Well, that, 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 well, that's why we have to go there first, because you yeah. almost can't talk about the rest of them. Because, like, imagine not mentioning me at the beginning and then trying to describe, even though we didn't end up saying his name too much afterwards, but you then cannot describe anything anybody else did afterwards. Because most of these guys, if you look at, because another one I had too, but he, uh, was Tom Green, Fitzstack anti-comedy also but he's similar to eric andre or eric andre similar to him they're kind of the same beast uh right. <laughs> beast mode just two different generations of it so you know that they, they were notorious they were anti-comedian talk show hosts like they kind of right. turned turned the talk show on upside down but um but yes but but both of those guys you could attribute andy kaufman you could see andy kaufman all and everything oh absolutely even zach galifianakis you could see a little andy kaufman going on in there totally. uh, so andy kaufman definitely godfathered it and who knows andy kaufman might have been you know influenced by steve martin or something like that too because because steve martin to me yeah he's not he, he wasn't he didn't make audiences feel uncomfortable like andy did and right. he didn't challenge the audience quite like Andy did, but he definitely um, was. I, I imagine that Andy Kaufman watched uh, Steve Martin and said, oh, it's actually okay if I do what I'm thinking about because they're gonna come with me no matter what, because they're going with Steve on these things and my thing is not that far off right. from what he's doing. Yeah, because yeah. Steve was a character. 
That wasn't right. the real Steve Martin. That was a, a, a character-driven guy, but nobody knew it was character. They thought that that was really him. He really is hilarious, right. you know, but he, that's not who he really is. He, he'd probably prefer playing the banjo over stand-up, if you ask them. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, Andy Kaufman is definitely sure. in, in the list. Uh, Absolutely. Do we agree on Steve Martin? I would say yes. Uh, I mean, yes. Yeah, I, 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 it's not what I thought of, but I, I, you have convinced me, sir. <laughs> uh, then in, in the third spot, we have Tim and Eric. So we're still holding on to Tim and Eric for now. Well, if we're going in a descending kind of uh, whatnot, I would actually, because I, I think Neil Hamburger, the fact that he's it's stand-up and he's carrying on the mantle, uh, like I actually think that deserves to be like in the third spot. So Neil Hamburger at number three. I agree totally. Neil Hamburger definitely um, belongs on this list. So now we have left here. So we're kind of saying Eric Andre is out. Yeah. So, we, so he's, he's out of the conversation. So now we're left with Zach Galifianakis, Tim and Eric, and Gilbert Godfrey. For the last spot or two For spots? Last two spots. So we have uh, three guys, two spots. Uh, so we got Zach Galifianakis, Gilbert Gottfried, and Tim and Eric. I, 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 and I do think that Tim and Eric, this is a good spot for them because it, it, they've been doing it so long. They've, and, and they're still, like, it's they're still, still fantastic. They're still doing it. They're still uh, continuing on with this kind of anti-comedy, off-the-wall, kind of uh, oddball, oddity style yeah, the comedy. It's the strong surrealism, and and I got and I am like my, one of my very good comedy friends is Billy Geyer here on Long Island, and that is like this is definitely in that area, and and Tim and Eric definitely appeal to me in that way. So Tim and Eric at the fourth spot. So now for five, competing for five, we got Zach Galifianakis and Gilbert Gottfried, two legends, two very successful uh, comedians. Um, who fits the criteria more? So right now I'm leaning more towards Zach for this one. I think he's more of the anti-comic. Um, how about you? What are you thinking? You're thinking well, it's funny because as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, it's going to be Gilbert, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, it's, that's, it's so tough because I feel like some of the fake rules that i put on myself for this which is like the longevity like that tim and eric have uh, um like that applies to gilbert but like you said zach is and it's it's tough because zach again my, my comedic sensibilities definitely lie more with zach galifianakis than it does with gilbert Godfrey, even though i love them both and I know um, you have a weak spot for for Gilbert because he does Dracula also. <laughs> right. No, I, yes. And and also um uh, uh Long Island movie um was the what was it? Joey Cola was in it. Oh, uh, uh, Gender Bender. He was gender in that. Bender. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in Gender Bender. But um god, it's so hard. I wasn't surprised by Zach in Hangover. I was like, yeah. And I was like, yes, finally he's going to get. And then everybody, like, you know, when you love something before, before everybody else, and then everybody else gets to pick it up and act like they, like they were there it. from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. That's how I felt about Metallica <laughs> after the Black Album. I was like, man, right. I've been listening to these dudes since, you know, kill them all, dude. Right. Um, God, this is, it's like a coin, in a way it's a coin flip, but it's its two different, it's so two different types of things. I will have to go with Zach Galifianakis though, because, and it is because of the uh, akin, I feel like we are comedically more akin. And I think that one of the reasons that is, is because of the anti-comedy notes he plays. Yes, I think Zach is uh, definitely fits it more so than Gilbert. I think Gilbert is definitely, if we were doing a top ten, he would definitely be on there. But for the top five, I think this is solid. I well, think you know, Gilbert Gilbert has that thing of like kind of coming um, 
from being heavily influenced by that Borscht Belt uh, old school thing. Right. Yeah. And 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 him, he he broke that. I mean, into a million pieces, like that. I mean, that's a big pimping uh, uh, anti-comedy move on his part. Uh, he he definitely was up against it, but he also does. He is a classic joke teller too, though. So, yeah, Zach. Zach. So we have Andy Kaufman at number one. Well, I'll start from five. At number five, Zach Galifianakis. At number four, Tim and Eric. At number three, Neil Hamburger. At number two, Steve Martin. And our number one anti-comedian, the godfather of anti-comedy, Andy Kaufman. Good stuff, man. Fucking A. Now, You're now, welcome. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> God, so now, you want to know why it's good? It's because I'm here. You stopped filming, right? Because I don't want people to see what kind of better fucking comedian than I am, you piece of shit. You fucking piece of shit. Don't you fucking ever talk to me the way that you've been talking to me. <laughs> that, that's totally an Andy Kaufman. I just don't want anybody to That was great. That was awesome. Uh, yo, you rock, man. I, I, I cannot wait. The, uh, by the time people watch this, the clubs will be open and hopefully you're out there performing, doing your Dracula and uh, and uh, just rocking it, dude. So uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show on the top fives. And remember, Andy, you're awesome, pal. You're awesome, Don. You're awesome, man. All right, man. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Those are our top five anti-comedians. Let us know what you think in the comments below and let, also let us know your top five. And if I missed anybody or didn't include somebody that you think deserved to be on that list, by all means, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Love to see it. Also, please, everybody, subscribe, subscribe and like and all that good stuff. And we will see you next week.